Paul is writing this. I think I think um, when you read Paul's letters, if you read Paul's letters, he has a couple of different heads on sometimes when he's writing, and this one really is. Um, and he gives a, he gives us a few clues actually in the in the preceding chapters that he writes this as a parent uh, when thinking about his his children. Um, when I as I think about what it means to be, be a parent, particularly I think just turning 40, your, your social media feeds just full of life insurance ads and, and stuff like this. And you, you're kind of reminded of your mortality. It's a bit morbid for a beginning, isn't it? But you're thinking about your kids and you're thinking about what you want for them. And one of the things that you want for them is that they'll be able to stand, is that they will be able to be built up enough um, to live prosperous lives, to you know, be able to face the future. And if you look down, look down with me to the last little bit of this text that we're looking at, which is really the last little bit of the letter. It's in verse 10. Let me read it out to you. This is why I write these things when I am absent. That when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority, the authority the Lord gave me for building you up and not tearing you down. That's why he writes these things to them. Um, not just because he doesn't he doesn't want to have to be bossy when he gets there, but because he wants to build up this church. This is this is what it is about. I don't know if you've when you rock up at church, you could probably be forgiven for thinking, what are they what are they trying to do with me? What what are they hoping is is going to happen to me here? What are, are they you know they keep telling me to sing? Are they are they trying to improve my vo- vocal capacity? I keep going away, you know, rethinking foundational parts of my life. Are they just trying to, you know, upset me? There's loads of people seem to wear check shirts. Is it just so that I change my attire? You see, the what church is trying to do, what being a Christian is, and what the church is trying to do is is build uh, build people up so that they can stand, so that, that they can stand and face the world, so that they can look to the future with, with confidence so that they can live in uncertain times and be okay so that they can so that they can this is really what Paul's writing so that they can keep these great awesome lessons that they've learned as they can continue living them out even though times are are, are really rough one one of the, the 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 chief subjects we've seen over these last 3 weeks or so has been the idea of strength in weakness and we've seen We've seen that, you know, two weeks back we saw that how that kind of works as just a general principle, how it's, as we are weak, we reveal something of a great God within us. And we saw last week of how that kind of affected Paul. But I think in this week, and maybe if we look at the whole thing as a bit of a chunk, I guess what we see is kind of how a parent observes his children making their way through the world, living out weak in weak in 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 the weakness and vulnerability that comes with being a human being heading towards a position of strength i think that's really what i see in this last little bit of the letter it sort of it helps us think about the story of what it means to be a weak um weak normal vulnerable everyday human being um in a in a tough world, and and it sort of helps us think about. So if if you're you know as a if you're a Christian, if you're somebody of faith, the kind of things that you're going to have to go through, 
the things that you might need to encounter and how it will feel to sort of live this life of weakness. So there's, there's yeah, so I'm just going to really do a couple of stop-offs on the way through as we go through the text. And it really, I think, just helps us see the journey of the weak human being and, and help points us towards strength. Uh, so the first thing I think that we see, see this in verse 3 and 4 really, is that it's kind of standing, being somebody who continually can face the future, being somebody who really holds on to these forgiving, loving, Christ-like values, is, is pretty much, look can feel impossible. That's the first stop off. That's where I'm starting. To, to stand, to, to be somebody who is built up in a Christ-like way, in a way that can always face the future, can feel can feel impossible. Even if, let's say, even if we unchristianize this, even if we take some of the elements of faith away and we just think about what it means to, to stand and be built up as a human being looking f- to the future with confidence, even that, even that, I think, can feel impossible. Do you feel that? In Corinth, that's kind of what Paul sees as he looks at this church this uh, this church that he sees as his children as his babies he kind of looks in and thinks man these these people live in this life in Corinth it's tough enough for them to just to stand to be built up in any kind of way anyway that's tough christian or not a christian just to be somebody who is built up in any kind of capacity that's tough but for the christians with with like the 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 roman empire and all its power and it's soon to be hatred for them soon to be slaughter for them and you know that's for them to remain built up in faith with that and with the like the backdrop so do a bit of historical reading about what Corinth is like what it means to be Corinthian becomes a bit of a descriptive word for people who are overly sexualized when you dig around at it to be Corinthian is to somebody who lives a pretty promiscuous life um with that so so that was the case when paul was there a couple of hundred years before when it was more greek uh, than roman it was particularly it was particularly like a greek party island shall we say and paul looks paul looks at this church this baby church and he sort of says they've got no chance of standing have been built up it's going to be too difficult for them to be built up he sees he sees he sees through the eyes of a loving parent who wants them to be able to stand, and he sees what they're up against, and he thinks, "I've got to, I've got to write into this." I think one of the one of the things we do as human beings is that we we easily and we often disconnect our ability to stand with the lifestyle choices and the culture around us. We 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 often disconnect those two things. We separate them out. Um, as Christians, we, we kind of do this when we we sort of live live lives and sort of maybe just forget God a bit and just go through the motions and God goes on the back burner. The idea of faith goes on the back burner. All of a sudden, we wake up and we're like, "Where's God? How come I can't live this life very well? How come that's not going the way it should? How come I don't see the next steps?" And as society. 
I think we do this as well. We disconnect, we totally disconnect as societies, the way that we live with our ability to stand in this way, particularly this way that Paul's talking about, hoping for the future, being built up in good values. So for example, thinking about this Corinthian culture, we live lives in 2020 kind of immersed I would say, you know, we're probably more overly sexualized than the Corinthians, where we live lives immersed in like a pornographic culture. It's kind of everywhere. It really kind of is. And we have that going on in our everyday lives. It's kind of just there. It exists in 2020 Britain as it exists right across the world. And we sort of disconnect that that reality with broken relationships with guys who really have a, a wrong view of the opposite sex with broken societies you know at large with the way that the the a wrong look at sex can really sort of break society up we kind of know about this as we kind of look out there we see this you know all all around us sort of to differing extremes even to the extreme that you know there's there's sex trafficking going on in different parts of the world and there is just you know broken broken elements of society and we disconnect that from from lifestyle choices and paul looks in on this church at corinth he looks in on us i think and says yeah there's no way there's no way that there's no way that you're going to stand there's no way that you're going to be built up in this culture so he gives us some things to do so first one, I think you see in verse 3. So read that along with me. In verse 3, and you can see, I think you can see, read this with me through the eyes of a parent who's who knows how important it is for his children, these young saints, these new Christians, to stand, who sees how important it is for their, for their everyday lives, sees how important it is for the world, but sees how important it is for their eternal future as well and the first thing i think we see that he says it's really important that you place yourself in an environment where your rubbish gets sorted out so if, if you're a scribbler if you're somebody who goes i forget what the guy that's preaching is saying and you're going to scribble something down as, as a way through or when you think about a way through this world in weakness looking for strength jot that down place yourself in an environment where you're rubbish gets sorted out since you are demanding proof oh no let me backtrack sorry first verse one this will be my third visit to you do you notice the tone there it's cranked up the voice of a the voice of a troubled and anxious dad this will be my third visit to you every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses i already gave you a warning when i was with you the second time I now repeat it while absent. It's it's very authoritative and it's very definite. On my return, I will not spare those who sinned earlier or any of the others. It's a dad warning. It says, what's happening is serious and it can't carry on. And I'm coming. That's the warning that um, parents give, isn't it? From time to time, I'm coming. You, you know, you better be on your guard. I'm coming. And when I come there, when I get there, we're going to do things by the book. So he references the Old Testament law. He says, we're going to do things in a proper way. We're going to get two or three witnesses in. And he says to them, 
every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now, I don't think in this moment that he's saying, if you fall out about spilt milk, we're going to get two or three witnesses down there. I think he's saying, you know, I don't think he's trying to create an overly litigious culture. He's not trying to do that. He's saying the stuff in your everyday lives that is ruinous. You need to you need to create an environment uh, that sorts this out. This is this is I think the overriding principle that I'm taking from this little section. We need to create to create or get in an environment that will save you. Now, one of the things I think that we become experts at at human beings is living lives that can kind of cover up the ruinous aspects of our personalities. Living lives that can kind of hide that, and then and then just kind of carrying on living and almost waiting for it to blow up in our faces. And Paul says here, I think some wise words. He says, "We what needs to happen in Corinth in this church is that there is a culture of people who bring an end to the stuff that ruins them. That's the first thing. I think it's kind of a wise heads up. The second thing is." I think it's the reason that he says the first thing. The second the second thing is because you need to know that God is going to be strong here. God is going to be God is serious about this. This God is serious about the struggles that you're having. God is serious about getting you up the maturity ladder. God is serious God is serious about building you up in the faith so that you're really strong. He's really serious about this stuff. And th- the points at which you're struggling or the points at which you can look at your life and go, yeah, this is this is totally where I'm stalling. This is totally my thing. God is serious about this stuff. And that's what he says, I think, in verse 3 through to verse 4. Since you are demanding proof uh, that Christ is speaking through me, So check out again, cranks up the dad tone here. He is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. For to be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power, we will live in him in our dealings with you. Do you see the seriousness of this? So he uses... His letter here, I think he's he's cranking up the seriousness and he, and he uses the language of God's. So we're thinking about error and we're thinking about getting stuff wrong and he uses the language of God's power. He uses it three times. God's power. Whenever I think of, whenever I think of God's power and me messing up, I don't know if you think like this, but hear this out. Whenever I think about God's power and me messing up, I always think about and I, I think I thought this a lot as a teenager, wouldn't you know, who was just really trying to figure out his faith and what faith was and who God was. I think about God coming and squishing me. I think about an angry God who dislikes the stuff I'm doing and coming <laughs> and dealing with me. I think about that's that's so I, I initially read that with my teenage ash head on and I I've got that little bit of an image in the back of my mind. I think about God like that. But I have to correct myself. God, God does get angry, and He's God; He can squish. But that's not the power of God. It's not the power of God here. Often, what's really helpful is to look at the context, and 
Paul here tells us how we can see God at power and he draws us he draws us to a picture of the cross and he says this is going to be with us this is this is how you can expect us to deal with you keep this in mind and he reminds us of the cross and we see yet yeah, it deals powerfully with our sin that's the first thing that the cross does it deals powerfully with it God is powerful here with the stuff that we struggle with God is going to be massively powerful here but not only do we have that kind of a picture we also have this picture with the cross of Paul saying we're gonna you're gonna live with this power and what does he mean by that this power is gonna as we live amongst you with this power uh, you're gonna experience this as we live amongst you what is he getting at that there it's not it's less of the squishy sense of God which is almost certainly something that pastors never see and more of a reminder of the miraculous way, the miraculous way God is going to change us by his power. He's saying, think about, think about the stuff that you're really getting stuck with. Think about the stuff that is in your lives. So for the Corinthians, it's sexual sin, but I guess it can be other things. Think about that stuff and know that God is going to work. God is not going to be weak here. God is going to work powerfully here to change you. And he says, think about the cross. Think about the miraculous change that happened there. Think about the way that God changed everything in that moment. Think about what God can do. God is going to work like that in and amongst you. So when you think about God's power, remember that, you know, that there's a, that we should think about this seriously. If we want to stand, if we want to be people who are standing, we should think about this seriously. But we should also think about the fact that God, as we think about God, though he's powerful, though he crushes sin, Though he deals with sin powerfully, he also works miraculously to build us up. The next thing he asks us to do, and I think his harsh, harshness reaches full-on dad, dad that wants the best for his kids, but needs to give the tough love out moment in verse 5. So check it out, verse 5. This is this is the harshest point of the letter. You know, all that's gone before, there's been some... Some tough talk about giving, some tough talk about how you're living. This here is the hardest thing to read, I think. See what he says in verse 5? Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. How harsh is that? That is that is the... To somebody who has... To this bunch of people in Corinth who have given up, you know, big parts of their lives and bought into this church, who have who are living kind of a chosen life. They've chosen something. Paul comes in in a dad way and said, do you, do you really believe this? It's like, it's, like, it's like when you look at your kids, it's like looking at your kids and going, do you really get this? Do you really get this family? Do you really know where we're going? It's like, it's like a, it's a bit like a, a, a guy who's gone into the um, chef profession, decided to become a cook and he's, you know, really trying hard, working hard, preparing these dishes and the head chef comes in and he looks at what he's doing looks at what he's cooking up and he goes are you really do you really do you really like cooking do you really do you really uh, is, is food in your heart you know that it's that sort of idea that Paul puts to these to these young Christians he goes do you really believe this all this stuff about God do you really believe this incredibly tough question but I think not only do I think, but from experience, 
to be the most enabled, to be the most liberated, to be your strongest, you need to establish what is at your core. That's what you've got to do. You've got to establish what is what what you really think inside. My the the, the morning of my wedding, just to illustrate how this can happen. The morning of my wedding, um, we were in a Best Western hotel up in in Glasgow. All of my family's gathered together. My mum, who's um, to give it some context, the nicest person in the world, just the nicest, most softly spoken uncontroversial person in the whole world um, she sees uh, her son tottering about obviously quite nervous and she says to me i'll get this for harsh from the nicest person in the world she says to me do you know if you don't well she says to me and she said so that everybody can hear round about you know that if you don't um if you don't want to go through with this if you don't if you're a bit unsure we can all go home Nobody will think bad of you. We'll just, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll all go, we'll have, we've had a nice night away and we'll go back home. This is really, she said it deadpan, dead straight. There were people choking on their champagne that we'd taken to drink. She said this, like the, yeah, my mum never says anything like this, the harshest thing in the world. And I, um, after she said this, um, there was stunned silence. I went for a long walk around a park. And what happened, I just caused this huge internal investigation deep within me. What I realised was, I mean, the first thing she'd done is taken all the pressure away, but the second thing that she'd done had caused me to really think about what I believed. And as I'm walking around this park, what I realised was actually I did, praise God, did love my wife. I did really love Jude. And on the back of that, what was, you know, a bit of a last minute internal investigation was just meant that I just had the best day and the best wedding experience because what I realized was this actually I do I do as far as I know what love is I love this woman I, I really love her and that that meant that created in me this liberated strong this person who could just embrace every second of the day because I knew I was doing a good thing this is what Paul is saying to the church at Corinth he says to them do you he says it explicitly in verse 5. Do you not realize that Christ is in you? In, he says, investigate. It's the harshest question ever. But if you do that, if you go through that process, and I guess as you're thinking about it, you're thinking, I've never dared actually do that really because I feel like God's going to see that I'm doubting and I could never really talk to anybody about that and I could never really go through that process. And Paul says to them, examine yourselves. And realize that Jesus is in you. If you and and I guess if you go, what I'm saying is, if you go through that process and you and you and you do the examination and you come out of it the other side and you go actually, yeah, I think God is in me. Jesus is is a reality for me. You become stronger. You can embrace the day. That's the second thing he says, and the last thing he says, and I'll belt through this last one. I've dragged on a bit. Let truth be your biggest motivator is the last one. We see that in verse 7. Now we pray to God that we will not do anything wrong, not so that people will see that we have stood the test, but so that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. 
I think Paul says to these people, sometimes it's going to look, it's going to look like Christianity will have failed. That's how I think it looked as they were looking at Paul and his struggles and his weakness. That's how he's saying, that's how it might appear. And that's how sometimes Christianity will appear. And he says, I think he intimates in this point, he says, don't, don't follow this faith. Don't have this journey because Christianity looks successful or because it looks like it's a failure. I follow it, he says, and you should follow it too because it's the only thing that's truth. So this is the last one as you think out how to, how to live this vulnerable human life and look for strength. Let truth be the big motivator. And he says to them at the end, he said, this is what it means to be built up. This is what it's all about. It's it's knowing that it kind of feels impossible. It's knowing that somewhere down the line, God's going to be strong. It's knowing that you need to put yourself in a good place. It's knowing that you're going to need to look at yourself. And it's knowing that you're going to need to focus on truth. Now, as an ending, what the reality of that, I think, the reality of that for me, and I think for other Christians, as I observe, it means that of, often the Christian journey feels like feels like it's all foundational. Feels like it's it feels like it's tricky. Often, feels like we are often being broken down. Have you experienced that as a Christian? It feels like you're we're often wrestling with stuff, and we're often into our thirties and forties and fifties. Maybe been Christian for a long time, and we're thinking, I'm sure I should be. On a, f- on a few more rungs higher than this by now. I'm sure I should have worked some of this stuff out. It feels like often it's about, it's examining yourself. It's wrestling with stuff. It's it's thinking about, it's, it's, it's understanding what forgiveness is. And it's, it's trying to figure out how you, how you can forgive other, other people. Often it's tough stuff. Often it's really hard. Jesus would say, as we sort of feel the weight of this, and maybe maybe think to ourselves, is this because it's because it feels like it's so, so foundational, it feels like I'm not getting up the ladder. Is this really the, the smartest way to go? Jesus says to us, I think he says to us in a really simple story that we use often to teach kids about the wise and the foolish man. He says, these these struggles, these steps are really wise steps. He would say, think about think about the wise man and the foolish man. Think about the foolish man. Maybe you know this story. Maybe you know this song. Think about the wise, the foolish man who built his house really quickly on the sand. It shot up. And he built it up really quickly. And he, it was there and it was done and he was living in it. And then think about the wise man. Now remember the story. Think about the wise man who built his house on a rock. He sought out the rock. And then he dug... Um, Jesus says he dug down deep to build his house. What Jesus is saying is it took him a while to build this. He spent a lot of time because he was building on a rock. He spent a lot of time on foundations. He spent a lot of time on the core stuff. And Jesus says about this man, he says this man took wise steps. Why? Because when the storm comes, when the storms of life come our way, this guy's decisions, this guy's struggles, this guy's energies means 
that he will stand, that he will remain built up. So when the tricky issues come along in our jobs, the tricky issues come along in our lives, or the really stuff, the really tough stuff comes along with our help, with our health, or the really, really tough stuff comes along with our mortality. Jesus says, this person's built in such a way that will last. So think about those things. I hope that has given you some comfort in what has been really hard times. God bless. Thanks for listening.